Hi, this is a Conversations with Creatives podcast for Opus. Since the start of the year, we've been discussing the power of art. From imagining endless possibilities through to putting our vision into practice, we've now reached the final episode, manifesting your creative success. How do we realize our vision, grow as artists and get our work out into the wider world? If we focus on change and progress in our art and our creative careers, can we instigate better futures? Today, we'll be hearing from five artists who've each embarked on different routes towards finding their creative success. Of course, it's a constantly evolving journey, but I hope by the end of this episode, those of you setting sail on your own voyage will be inspired to discover the right path for you. Contemporary artist and designer Zoe Pollock is known for her confident, ever-evolving style. Rooted in painting, her catalogue includes figurative landscapes and a study of vessels. In recent years, Zoe's practice has expanded into industrial design, including mirror and rug collections. Connecting all her work is an evocative, intuitive command of colour, material use and composition. Zoe has been featured in Architectural Digest, Interior Design, The Globe and Mail, and Martha Stewart Living, and her paintings grace the private collections of the Government of Canada, Christina and Trevor Linden, Kobe Smulders, and Club Monaco. Hi, my name is Zoe Pollock, and I'm an industrial designer and a painter, and I have a small showroom in Kitsilano and a studio in the back. So I started painting um, when I was in school and then I went to uh, Concordia and NASCAD and I ended up getting my degree from NASCAD. I found out I was pregnant at 24 and we had our daughter at 25. Um, I didn't really have any other job ideas. So I started painting professionally um, at that age and I lived in White Rock at the time and I found two uh, mentors there. Um, they taught me how to have a professional career. I started pitching my work to various blogs in around 2007 and um, Design Sponge, Grace Bonney from Design Sponge picked up my work and um, that was probably my first big um, exposure and I sold 23 paintings in three days and you know the paintings were like 200, 100, $400 each. It was not a lot of money, but cumulatively, it was a it was a large experience. I would say that being um, featured on Design Sponge was definitely the beginning event that made me not only won a bit of money to start off with for the first time, but also realized that there was a market there for my work and that there was a broader audience available to me through shipping my work all over North America. From that one event. Um, I was discovered by a designer in San Francisco and ended up getting a $7,000 commission. That was a ton of money for me at the time. And so I realized that um, not only was there a market for my work, but if I was able to focus on customer service and client relationships and specifically um, focus on relationships with interior designers, then I was, uh, it was had the potential to make a, a decent living. You know, there's, there's a whole range of things that people can do to um, promote their work or, um, you know, align themselves better with clients or, um, you know, make various steps so that the work sells more regularly. But 
you know, we have to be naturally inclined towards these things in order for it to actually stick and for it to work. So yes, part of it is habit and practice and mindset, uh, and that's possible. But part of it is also that, um, I do encourage people who are more introverted or know that they're really, 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 really just a painter and not a people person, for example, to find representation or find friends that can help them sell their work or um, find some young art student who wants to do the craft fair for them. Like we've kind of been taught that we need to be this one person show and that we have to put on every single hat. And I think that's exhausting. And so while I do think those things are important, like if you're gonna take photos, take good photos. And if you can't take good photos of your work, find your friend who can take good photos and trade them for a piece of art. Like these kinds of ways that we need to cross pollinate with one another and help each other while staying in our strengths, I think is very important. And in the same breath, you know, if you're gonna be a full-time artist um, and have it be your income, you need to take that very seriously and look at the numbers really closely all the time. And it's obnoxious and it's annoying and it's hard and it's tiring. Um, but that, you know, if you want the blessings that come from this kind of life, then you have to kind of look at the whole picture and the whole picture has to be healthy in order for things to kind of be able to continue at all. Working and having kids like is one of the most challenging things I've faced. and. Uh, I never quite get it right. You know, some days I get it more right than other days. But um, I think besides, you know, that balance of wearing those hats inside and outside of the home, I would say that one of the major challenges has been allowing myself like true creative expression while still trying to wear that business hat. Everyone applauds my business acumen, but it also comes at a cost to my creative process. I have very few days where I have a full and complete flow, or I have very few days where, you know, I still would uh, offer excellence in customer service. So I have, you know, the result of that is that my time isn't always my own. So there's challenges every day. I have a deep, deep, deep spiritual life. So my, my success is um, that I check in with that often and, and give a lot of reverence and you know, I think ultimately I'm in awe of the fact that I get to do this at all. And when I feel grumpy about my career, I, I return to gratitude. You know, I have to be thankful. Um, otherwise I become an unpleasant person to be around and that's not good for anybody. I have been sober for just over five years and being sober has allowed me to take personal responsibility over my finances and my health and my wellness and my um, team. And it's just allowed me to be a more present mother and um, a better partner. And um, it's just been the, the biggest highlight of my life. So I couldn't imagine having done this last two years um, while drinking. And I'm just so thankful to, to be a sober woman. Every positive change that we make for ourselves, whether it's health or um, being kinder or taking more time to introspect so we can clean up our side of the street, so to speak. Um, of course, that's gonna have a positive impact on the wider world. It's a ripple effect, right? And if we change ourselves 
we can change our energy, which changes everything around us. I would say to people who are emerging or mid-career to find whatever is locally happening in your community and then connect yourself to an online community as well to get that both pieces of support. Um, and then finding friends and colleagues and comrades and peers that are this, at the same level as you is so, 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 so important so that you can um, commiserate about the same things and help you know each other problem solve. And then um, on top of that, I think taking the time and effort and energy to find a mentor. I've never been not without someone above me um, in, a, in an advisory role. And I think without that, I wouldn't be where I am today. Sam Siegel is passionate about creating contemporary, abstract, landscape and other style art. Born and raised in Vancouver, he reimagines the spectacular vistas of the region, creating vibrant paintings that display the undeniable appeal and magic of the Great Northwest. Much of his work is inspired by well-known local landmarks, such as Stanley Park, Spanish Banks, Howe Sound, the Squamish Chief and more. Believing first-class art should be accessible, in 2016 he established Sam's Original Art, a family-run gallery that delivers limited edition runs of the highest quality G-Clay canvas prints. My name's Sam Siegel. Um, it was definitely a hard start. Um, I was really lucky that my dad helped me open up uh, a gallery. And for the first three years, we weren't really making any money. I knew that everything online um, I was waiting just to be discovered in terms of how to get traffic, how to run campaigns uh, and things of that nature. So kind of put the art on pause for a bit just because I knew even if I painted like 40, 50 paintings a year, if, if no one knew about them, they would never sell. So I was really determined to get my art out there, set up the website, started getting, um, uh, opened up the social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, and just started posting pretty consistently um, over like the last six years. And yeah, fast forward now, um, we're uh, growing pretty rapidly and just continuing the journey. If it takes me a month to do a painting, I don't really have the resources to do more than maybe 12 to 15 a year. And then only one person gets to enjoy them. It just seemed like a challenge to get my art into a wider market. Um, I went to the big box stores and looked at the canvas prints there and I just wasn't happy with the quality. So I did some research about G clay printing and that was just like scratching the surface. And I knew that, you know, this is definitely like a fine art reproduction is what I wanted to pursue. And, um, and so, uh, now, when like you look at like a canvas print next to the original, like I can't even really tell the difference between the original and the canvas print side by side. I mean, the quality and technology today is just so fantastic. So, so not only did I want to be able to offer um, uh, a limited edition canvas prints, but it will be at the fraction of the cost of the original, which then makes it more accessible. And then, so and then after we sell the thirtieth one, we don't um, sell anymore. I haven't really done any shows. Um, we do donate to a lot of the charities. Um, that was kind of the first thing we started doing. Um, so that does help with exposure and it's doing the right thing. But uh, for the most part, yeah, just um, in terms of like finding new customers, just posting a lot. I mean, I've been posting, I think, four times or three times a day for the last three years. So um, but uh, yeah, it just takes a lot of time just to uh, for this snowball effect to kind of work and you know there's ups and downs it's not always like growing exponentially every every month so there's 
there's definitely challenges because there's like two sides of it. There's like the, the creative side, like the preparing the canvas, the gesso, the doing the art, the figuring out what to paint. And then once you do that, well, then you have to get it out there. So you have to do your own marketing. You got to experiment with, you know, reinvesting your money where, well, where do you reinvest it? Um, so what's really great in today's age, and I think what is kind of decentralized commerce in a lot of senses that you can have your website built on like Shopify or WooCommerce or Magento or any of these platforms. And then you can um, spend money on like Facebook ads or Google ads and start getting customers and just seeing what works for you. Because I think every business is different and you really do have to experiment. You have to take risks. You have to be willing to lose your money in order to figure out, you know, what's, what's going to work, what's not going to work. Um, so just going through that process, I think, is the challenge of just taking that leap forward and, um, you know, um, being okay with it not working out because, yeah, like I said, for the first three years, I was working 10 hour days and working a full time job and nothing was really happening. So I think a little bit of that is still kind of like in the back of my mind. And that's what keeps me going forward. So I just don't want to go back to the way it was in the beginning since it's really challenging. So it helps motivate me to realize that, you know, it is really hard and, and it can, you know, it could be a good motivating factor for sure. I think everything you want in life is outside of your comfort zone. Um, so what I found really helps is like every single morning I have an ice cold shower and I do that because I do not, it's super uncomfortable. And I don't want to do it. And I know that if I start my day doing something I don't want to do that, like the rest of the things become easier. There's a lot of health benefits to having an ice cold shower, but in all honesty, it's just a metaphor to just wake up, do something I don't want to do. And then I just think that this is really important so that every decision you come in life there's like a fork in the road and it's so easy to default to the easiest um the path of least resistance so by training myself to have this cold shower every morning it really helps me just to you know get the job done and and kind of enjoy it um, because it is a you know it is a challenge i think there's like this compounding effect too like there's that saying that uh, uh dust when dust settles it can form mountains and it's just dust but over time it accumulates and it can become like very unmanageable but the same thing on the plus side is um, if you do just a little bit, five minutes, 10 minutes, get the sketchbook out, like you can grow exponentially if you consistently do that day in and day out. And before you know it, it's just five, 10 minutes, but that over like a five year, 10 year period, you're, you're going to get, you're really going to sharpen your skills. You're going to get better at marketing. You're going to get better at reaching out to your audience. And then the art side of things, it is really a balance. Like you, cause you're trying to prioritize, um, what you should be working on and every day is different. Like, should I be working on a email newsletter campaign or how can I, you know, uh, do film a new video or edit a video and 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 see what the impact is on say uh, Instagram and then and then with that should I then turn that into an ad and then put some money behind it so I could reach more people and so it's kind of like that process of just you know trying to figure out what you should be doing with your day but I think the the best piece of advice I can give is that everything you need to know is found online I think I owe all my success to YouTube tutorials and blogs online and all the free courses that you can take and if you're willing to put in the work and learn things I mean what, basically what happens is you just ask questions to Google and then you have a notepad and you write down all the things that you don't know since obviously as you start to uncover these things about um, marketing it opens up a whole bunch of other questions so you go through this if you dedicate maybe two hours a day to just learning and then applying it i think that's like the most the, the only shot that you have to be able to be successful at this there's just no other way you have to learn it and then apply it and um and i i think that a lot of people think knowledge is power i really don't think knowledge is power i think it's only potential power you have to apply it because a lot of people know what to do but they don't actually do it
Weekenders is an inclusive, optimistic and fun partnership between artists Rachel Rivera and Claire Ochi. Each successful in their own right, together they merge mural painting, art and design focused goods with creative collaboration with brands and businesses, including House of Vans, Pabst Blue Ribbon, Reebok, Robson Street and Tofino Brewery. Keen to live every day as the weekend, their motto is, life is hard enough, there's no effort in being kind, lead by example. I'm Claire Ochi, and I'm Rachel Rivera, and we are the Weekenders. <laughs> we actually met in art school, <laughs> and then from there, we actually worked in the fashion industry for 10 years, and we worked together side by side at every place. <laughs> About two and a half, three years ago, we decided to quit the corporate world and do our own own thing. Um, so that's when we transitioned into the weekenders and create artwork and murals and um, collaborate full time. I know before we started weekenders, Claire and I um, did have our own practice uh, separately and we would, you know, work toward our own personal goals in the art world. But since we had met each other and the vibes were like really on the same wavelength, um, we really wanted to figure out something that we created and started together, like from the ground up, um, that we could like really own like as a partnership. So from there, we just, I think, kind of took our um, practice that we had individually and like kind of adapted it into like, what is the vibe that we want to put out there together? From there, we then just um, taking the tools also, honestly, from the corporate world, like to then adapt that type of thinking and approach, you know, other businesses in that same kind of mindset. So less on, on like very artistic, yes, but there is that element of business infused in what we do too. When we first started, we honestly, the, the big goal that Weekenders is that we wanted to work together and what was that, would that look like? So that was the first goal that then helped fuel like all the different ideas we wanted to do together. Um, and this is prior to like even the thought of like collaborating with other brands and things like that. It was more like, let's make something together um, within this now established collective name, Weekenders. And so the first thing that we made actually was, um, was um, some pins. From the beginning to where we are now, it has shifted and changed so much. <laughs> um, we still do love creating product and having that as a like a fun part of our brand, but it's definitely grown way beyond just a product-based brand. It's almost now like about the collective, it's about that community and it's about like whoever we like is part of our world, they're a weekenders for life. Um, and that's why, you know, you're always gonna be a part of the weekend once, once we get to like collaborate together in whatever form that is. So that's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's not about this linear track for Weekenders. It's about where do we want to go next? Um, and it's not about like, oh, we can't ever go backwards. It's just what else do we want to do? And where do we want to take this? And that makes it like you're flying and you're not on the road. You know what I mean? You can go any direction you like. And it's just really fun collaboration is key and that could mean like say if you're a solo artist um maybe there's like you know you have 
your core, you have a group of other creative people that you can bounce ideas off of, or, um, you know, like have some sort of outlet creatively so that you're not just in your own head about your own work. Because honestly, I find that really elevates ideas that you thought you were like working with, but then you just have like a fun conversation with a, a friend creatively. And then you're like, oh, actually, then you evolve your concepts that way too. So every year we do make goals, even just that meeting alone every year. It's like a brainstorm. It takes us to places we even weren't thinking of before. So I think it is quite organic. Um, definitely we do stay in our wheelhouse of what we're doing, but it does take us in places we, we weren't even knowing we were going to go. So it's, it's pretty fun. I think honestly, everyone should do a goal setting moment in the beginning of the year or whenever you know, they, they're choosing because what happens is you naturally walk toward those goals. Even if you don't meet them, you're already closer to them than when you hadn't even said it out loud. I think to create the path you want and like to create the change you want, it just has to come from you first. Um, I don't think waiting for anybody or um, expecting anything different will ever happen. And it's just like what you do and how you do it from your world is what's going to create the change in your life. So, um, yeah, it's all up to you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like accountability, I guess. 10% of the time you're super confident in what you're doing and 90% you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, and you kind of rotate between the two throughout the time. But all I can say is, um, you know, find something that you're passionate about in your creative world and just go for it. And if, if like comparison is not a thing, like don't, the, the only thing that you should be comparing yourself to is who you were like months earlier or years before um, and reference that. And there's no need to reference someone else because everyone's doing their own thing and you, you, you're always going to shift and change yourself as well. So why not check out what you were like and, you know, compete with yourself almost. I, I always say, um, follow your intuition. Um, I think just with people and work and p places you want to take yourself, like, you know, best and like to just actually really listen to it. Um, and just, yeah, we're definitely obsessed and um, driven and um, I just hope that whatever you're working on, you love it and you're, you're going to take it as where you want to take it because it's only you who can do it, yeah. Vancouver-based Colette Tan is a deeply spiritual, ethereal, abstract artist at the beginning of her creative journey. Although her inspiration stems from the fourth dimension, she often muses on nature through frequent road trips and hikes, especially around British Columbia and Alberta. Through her work, Colette strives to represent beauty igniting hope and true transformation in her viewer. Her path is one of many twists and turns. Full of determination, it's a journey that proves it's never too late to manifest artistic success. My name is Colette Tan. Uh, when I was 13 years old, I was selected to be into the uh, art elective program in Singapore, whereby they had a small group of teachers uh, the Ministry of Education hired from United Kingdom to come teach um, the, uh, the the Singapore kids um, 
through art, art education, I would say that what I had today, um, a lot was credited to those two years where I learned art. So um, that was the only um, so-called um, professional training I had. Um, apart from that, um, when I came to Vancouver, uh, I kind of like um, just um, for the fun of it, I took continuous studies with Emily Carr um, in oil painting um, for like during summer, and that's about it. Well, in Singapore, before I came here, I was like uh, chasing the high life. I worked in the bank. I was a private banker. And then after that, I realized that hmm, money is not the way to go. I didn't like it. So then I be, uh, joined World Vision and be a fundraiser. All the while, um, I always loved art, but just that I didn't want to pursue it, right? Because um, I was so practical. I thought about how can it be sustainable, right? So what happened was in late, I think, 2018, I was diagnosed with cancer. And that was a wake-up call. I thought I was going to die because it was stage three. If I didn't go through that two years of um, so-called suffering, I would easily jump back to my old life. But um, because of the fact that... Um, when I was in the church camp, I received a word that I'm supposed to fulfill my calling as an artist. I decided um, then to really um, do it. That was uh, in September 2020. So I had to pick up my paintbrush again from then on. Um, it took me um, huge conviction to say yes, because by being by saying yes to this call, I have to say no. I can't go both ways. It's either this or make it big and go home. You know, that kind of attitude. So it really took me a long time to say yes. So the moment I said yes, I just I just go all the way in and face the reality of my ugly early works. <laughs> because I've not painted for so long. So I had to, you know... Face, face that challenge myself, which I overcame. Yeah, so that's when I decided to be an artist again. I do set my own goal. I know what I'm trying. I was trying to achieve. So I started with still life, meaning that I just want to get good at that skill again. Do I remember how to? I can sketch, but can I do it with painting? It was only in uh, last year, um, March, that I happened to stumble upon this studio. So um, cut a long story short, I I just on practicing, showing up at the studio whenever I can, but my arm could not allow me um, to pay more than a certain number of hours. And I had really bad pain last year when I started out, really bad. Uh, but thank God, um, from September onwards, my, my, when my child goes back to school, in the morning, that is when I truly had my full-time painting time at my studio till three after her, her school is over. And that's where I also prepared for the cultural crawl. I had so much fun. I did some amazing work. And um, I, I could see people were amazed by it. So by the time the crawl um, uh, took place, it was in November, I had a whole array of artworks from small to large. And the big ones I have to put along the hallway. So um, I would say that that was the really beginning of my journey where I progressed from still life to... Um, landscape and abstract the way i evolve is pretty quick i push myself because i'm quite impatient <laughs> i rather go all the way and then 
take a long break, which I took a long break since the grow. I was exhausted. <laughs> I think the first year, to be fair, I didn't have any business strategy. I was just trying to um, settle, get everything settled, so that um, to make it work for me, right? So that I can manage the family, manage my art, and manage my health. For this year, I do think about business strategy, but yet I also know that um, it takes time, right? So uh, what I plan to do is. In all business, what is important is marketing your work. So I'm not good at that. I have to confess with Instagram, with social media. But I think one of the ways is about um, um, getting um, credentials. Not necessary, but I feel that it is important. Like last year, I took part in some competition, and it's a way to kind of like show people, hey, your work is recognized, right? I've been diligent with my uh, social media posts. I think <laughs> I take part in um, those like a hundred day challenge or one month challenge. Just try, and um, and also I plan to even um, tell myself I will work on prints. That should be uh, one of the way whereby um, people can have a piece of my art and they can enjoy it. So so far, I think that's the strategy. And also, I've been approached by um, galleries overseas. So there's something new as well. So um, yeah, not maybe not really um, a fantastic money-making business strategy, but I think it's good enough for now for me to focus on my painting as well because I'm so new. Um, all my artworks um, are known through people who visited the Culture Crawl. So they they came, they buy, and and many of them buy, and then they started buying for their friends. I would say I was. Considered very blessed and very successful. From the point I picked up my paintbrush, and going forward, I will also um, um, I treasure every opportunity I can talk about my art. Um, every opportunity that people want to come and see my art, I will make time for people. Not that they need to buy. It's not that. It's just about them, and get to see it, get to enjoy it. So. I would say that I'm successful so far, and thank I'm very thankful. <laughs> so there you go, four very different examples of manifesting creative success, and there are scores of other artists out there too, trying their own paths. The key is figuring out what works for you. Back in January, we began our journey with a George Bernard Shaw quote. Imagination is the beginning of creation. You imagine what you desire, you will what you imagine, and at last, you create what you will. This can be easier said than done, especially when confronted with uncertainties and a pace of transformation that moves so fast, we're arguably in a constant state of catch-up. But I hope over the past three episodes, we've addressed some of the creative challenges that come from navigating a rapidly evolving world. In these shifting times, through the urgency of change, there's also excitement and vibrancy, a pressing quest to reimagine new futures and an opportunity to make our world a better place. I know it sounds cliche, but I honestly believe art can be one of the strongest catalysts for progress. Before signing off, sincere thanks to Zoe, Sam, Claire, Rachel, and Colette, alongside all the other artists I've been speaking to in previous shows. 
and of course to all of you too. I hope you'll tune in next month as we transition into spring, exploring a new theme, conversations with nature. Till then, thanks for listening. <laughs>